In America, there is a burglary every 11 seconds, an armed robbery every 65 seconds, a violent crime every 25 seconds, a murder every 24 minutes, and 250 rapes a day. We arrive in LA, a city being terrorized by a new world order named Clawhammer. This group of extremist radicals aim to cleanse the city of the weak, leaving only the smartest and the strongest to eventually rule the world. Led by a villainous character known only as the Night Slasher, the people of LA have become victims to a relentless plague of violent murders. Thankfully, not all is lost. LAPD reluctantly call on a member of their elite division, the Zombie Squad. It's here we're introduced to Lieutenant Marion Cobretti. Cobretti is a cop with a taste for action. A man who eventually must save the girl, solve the case, kill his way through a small army of thugs, and eventually confront the Night Slasher for an epic and violent showdown. With a sexy 80s soundtrack, stylish cinematography, over-the-top set pieces, and about as much genre cliche as you can pack into one film, Join us as we follow Lieutenant Marion Cabretti through the neon-drenched, grimy and violent nightmare that is 1986 LA, otherwise known as Cobra. Should we just go? Here it is. There it the is. First podcast of 2021. Whoop, Happy whoop. New Year. Happy New Year, Happy everyone. New Year. Yeah. I'm going to do this yeah. whole podcast with a matchstick in my mouth. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you going to put those uh, reflective glasses on uh, as well? There yeah. they are. There, we there go. they are. I, I know our listeners can't see this, but you know. Oh, don't worry. Yeah. There'll be uh, screenshots up on our um, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this. for sure. For this sure. Is, uh, this is epic. I can't. I, I, like I can't actually see you guys. Say every, <laughs> yeah, or say anything properly because you got a match in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so Cobra, yeah, Cobra. Yeah. Um, I Leon, brilliant intro as always. I'm just slightly disappointed you didn't do it in that overly gravel voice that Stallone opens the movie with as well. Oh man. <laughs> I mean, I could try and re-record it right now, but <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> So yeah, Cobra, what do we think? Well, straight off the bat, um, properly 80s. You know, we've, we've, seen some, we've seen some good films. We've seen some films with, um, you know, great scripts, great action, really well made. But this one, I think, is on the other end of the scale where it's brilliant for all the wrong reasons. Like, <laughs> it's of its time, right? You're right. I think yeah, this is sure. definitely the most 80s movie we've done I was so just far. going to say the same. Yeah, it really yeah. is. <laughs> peak, peak 80s, 80s ness. Peak, eight, uh, yeah, peak 80s Peak uh, Sylvester Stallone ego, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it is a complete and, uh, Stallone ego vehicle, uh, this one. And um, I think that shines through. And this is probably one of the reasons why I'm struggling slightly with this one um but i'm sure we'll get into that uh, well look, let's well. let's start with stallone and his character let's, let's start, start with, with stallone. this um, guy cobra who is he anyone want to start 
But he well, is he's the, some sort of like rene renegade cop, right? Like he's he's one of these like uh, you know shoot first and ask questions later, uh, vigilante kind of police uh, part of the the zombie squad, which yeah. is apparently some sort of like uh, unit in they have in the L LAPD that they send in to do the dirty work. I, I like that ev everyone else who works around uh, Cobra in this film doesn't actually like him. Well, apart from his sidekick, but everyone thinks he's a little bit like overly aggressive. I mean, I don't think I would like him either. And... He's, he's a bit of an asshole in this, in this you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's fucking good at what he does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Stylish too. Um, Just before uh, we get wrote down... too far into this, Go maybe on. we should, uh, you know, introduce ourselves. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to ruin the flow there. <laughs> no, no. Um, I'll start. Uh, I'm uh, Night Stalker. Night Stalker Bjorn, um, and apparently it's because I look a bit like the guy who plays the, uh, the Night Stalker, according to you guys, at least. Yeah, not just a bit, you know, quite a lot, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to think about that, but yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> just on that, the, the, um, I really liked the, the face fit that they did in this film, yeah. where they, they've been talking about this Night Stalker, and all of us have been saying, look, this guy looks just like Bjorn. But when a Cobra holds up the, the sketch of the person they're looking for, <laughs> it looks fuck all like him with these odd, like, chiseled cheekbones. It looks like it's done by a fourth grader or something like yeah. that. It's like, no wonder they haven't been able to find this guy before. <laughs> we should share this on our Twitter yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Okay, who wants to introduce themselves next? Yeah. Uh, I'm Sergeant... Dan Zalis. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say about that. Bit weak. <laughs> Just like Gonzalez. Um, Marlion Cobretti. Yes, get the hero. Stole it from Jesper before he gets in there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I am uh, Jesper Kunnutsson. Um, which again speaks yeah. to the fact that my name is just not very puntastic at all. Um, but yeah, hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Your name isn't Puntastic, but you did get the best pun last episode. So I really did. I True. really did. And I'm going to stick with that one. Was this the yippee Kai yes pun? Yes. And I am sticking <laughs> I with that this. one for as long as I possibly can. Yeah. That's a keeper. <laughs> that's, that's probably also why I definitely liked uh, Die Hard, I think, more than you guys did uh, last time. <laughs> just purely <laughs> because of the just, pun. You got the name. Exactly. Just purely because of that. <laughs> okay. All right. Let, let, let's jump back to where to where we were because we're all over the place. You can tell it's a new year, yeah. <laughs> or, or just the end of a shit one. Um, Cobra. So I liked when he turns up. Right, this guy has got. Uh, I, I wrote it down. He's got shiny boots, boot cut jeans pulled high, with a big ass gun tucked into his belt. Like the dude's nuts must be in his mouth by this point. He's got mirror shades on, leather gloves, an open neck black shirt, and a suit jacket. Uh, he's got a match in his mouth. You know, like. I don't know if he was stylish. I mean, he looks like a little bit of a Burke now. I'm not sure if in the 80s at the time he was cooler, if he looked like a bit of a Burke then as well, but what a look. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, when you saw this in, you saw this originally like in the 80s, maybe would have made an impact as a, wow, you know, a reflective sh shades and everything like that. When I looked at him now, I was, uh, you know, I did a face palm. I was like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. He's what, what I liked about it as well. In, in one of the later scenes, he's such a cool guy. He gets through the first scene that we'll talk about in a minute at the store. And then he goes back to his home. 
And when he goes inside, he's eating old pizza and he's cleaning guns. But he keeps his shades on, keeps his leather gloves on. It's like, this is the kind of dude who, when he's chilling at home on his own, he still keeps the shades and the gloves yeah. on. That's because his apartment he, was so he, white. He cuts, he cuts the pizza with, with a pair of scissors. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Just that small and, piece. And that's how he eats pizzas, like with his gloves on, cutting it with, with a, a pair of scissors. And, uh, Which again, I think it's weird yeah. because, the, because there's just one slice of pizza left. And it's not even a very big slice. You know, why does he need to even cut it with a knife, uh, with a scissor? <laughs> and a little bit later, he's talking to his partner and his partner's, I can't remember, some junk food. And he's like, no, you should try prunes and fish and pasta. And I thought, yeah. you're fucking yeah. preaching, mate. You're eating leftover pizza for dinner. Like, <laughs> and God knows yeah, how long the- that pizza's been in that fridge for. There's yeah. a lot of weird things about food in this movie that I that I uh, noticed. Um, <laughs> yeah, like the junk food, the ketchup that we'll get to, like with the ketchup. What um, was going on? Yeah, there? like Stallone, like <laughs> preaching about eating healthy foods. Like when you see him later, he eats an apple and, and stuff like that. Uh, but he also eats junk. And there is yeah well, I, uh, yeah go on. Um, I was just gonna say there is this really weird total shift in tone later on in the movie when um, uh, they've uh, they've they're in the hospital they're interviewing this um, girl uh, who is a potential uh, witness and they're asking her all kinds of uncomfortable questions and then suddenly they end and Stallone looks um, you want some food and then they start to eat her leftover hospital her leftover hospital <laughs> yeah. food yeah. and start to argue like over vultures. whether or not this is cheese or not yeah. and whether or not it's you like- they both have some sort of eating disorders like yeah yeah <laughs> eat the cake okay I'll ha- no save it for later you know yeah <laughs> and there I, I also want to talk about well i was gonna say beyond the food like i i actually quite like that this guy turns up in a snarling fucking car oh my with God. the number plate awesome 50 <laughs> yeah. which doing a little bit digging you realize this is actually stallone's car yeah, he owned this, it. Yeah. but this yeah. thing is a monster man yeah it's even equipment some uh, nos that we didn't see on, until uh the Fast and the Furious, some 14 years later. So. Do you think his car actually had NOS in it, or do you think he asked them to put that in as part of no, the No, it actually had it, I think. He yeah. actually had it? Yeah. yeah he had of course it, he yeah. did, yeah. Sick. So that, <laughs> this, that, this film, we were saying it a little bit earlier, but this film feels like it's a little bit of a vehicle for Stallone. Yeah. It's like the film comes second to how fucking cool can we make, or how fucking cool can Sly make himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. I heard as well, it, on, on his style, I read that... Um, you know he's got you know he's got the shades and the jacket and the matchstick. Um, Nicholas Winden Refn and uh, Gosling imitated that for Drive. That yeah. that guy with the with the toothpick and the jacket is based on um, Cabretti from this film, nice. which I thought was nice. Yeah. On that yeah. note, there's actually an even more personal connection to Cobra. Um, f- uh, so the girl that C- Cabretti saves, her name is. Um, her name is uh, Brigitte Nielsen, and she is Danish. She's a Danish um, model and actor and um, singer. Uh, none of them sort of super great. But she used to be married to Nicholas Vindingreffen's brother, Casper, uh, who is a Danish um, a musician and composer. So she is actually his, what is that now, <laughs> ex-stepsister-in-law or something like that. Um, so they are sort of weirdly kind of, you know, connected by... Uh, connected by marriage which i thought was uh, thought was uh, quite interesting uh, as well if yeah. any of our listeners managed to keep up with that drop us an email uh, <laughs> <laughs> let us know what just what, a further what she is to who just to further complicate um she was actually married to stallone during cobra as well so yeah yeah, she yeah was. they met on the set of uh, rocky four yeah yeah <laughs> 
Apparently on the uh, the set of Cobra, they were a fucking pain in the ass as well because they just spent the whole time like flirting and being dicks while everyone was trying to get them to actually work. <laughs> Again, this must have been a great movie to work on for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what else I like yeah. about Cobra? Um, the character. I actually quite like that in this he's... He kind of earns his respect wherever he goes. You know, everyone hates him, but he always gets the fucking job done. It's, at one point he meets like... He goes home and he meets thugs. Yeah. And he just stands up to this little crew and suddenly they respect him from them on, then on, you know. And people don't really want him to come and do a job, but when he does the job, he just gets it fucking done. Mm-hmm. And I, I did quite like that. You know, I know it's a bit of an ego trip for Sly, but Cobra, the guy, he'll get the job done, man, every time. Yeah, with a lot of, uh, you know, destruction and, um, you know, bodily harm to bystanders and everything like that, but he <laughs> gets the job done. And strutting yeah. and close-ups, yeah. which uh, so uh, there was a police officer or like the captain Monty, Monty, right? yeah, yeah. So he um, he actually was in in um, Dirty Harry. He played the oh, for uh, real, yeah. He played the um, the serial killer in in one of the ah, films. I, didn't really, I actually really like that film. If yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. And he was casting this film, and actually he was supposed to be um, the one of the villains. Like he was supposed right. to be one of the b- betrayed, uh, uh, you know, uh, Stallone. Well, look, talking of the villains, yeah. let's, um, what, what do we think of these? We've got like, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I don't really <laughs> entirely know what they are because if you read about the film, it sets a premise which the film doesn't necessarily reflect. Mm. They're sort of mm-hmm. uh, a regime of radicals who are trying to cleanse the city. But really, yeah. when we watch the film, they're just represented as a gang who kill people yeah. it's almost like the backstory yeah, is lost but what do we think about floor hammer and night slasher when the film opens uh, you know you kind of have that whole opening of them all kind of standing around in this kind of derelict warehouse i guess and they're all clashing axes and stuff and i thought the film was starting with a labor strike at first but um it's <laughs> 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 kind of weird um yeah i i agree though like you know i think there's supposed to be this kind of undercurrent that they're this kind of neo-fascist group who mm. are kind of, you know, mm. eliminating the weak from the world. But um, I, possibly because of a lot of the edits that happen yeah. when you read about this film, I think a lot of that stuff was lost and it doesn't really make sense. No, it doesn't. The whole mm. cult thing just doesn't work for me. I mean, they're basically thugs and um, they could have just kept it at that. I think what because they're trying to jam some kind of backstory into them with about you know it's about a new world order and killing the weak but all of that comes so much later in the movie it doesn't really make any sense and they you know for them to be sort of a threat you know they need to be built up and they need to be seen as more than just sort of random thugs um and this whole fact that apparently they've infiltrated um you know law enforcement and presumably other parts of society and and everything like that and it just never comes through and it just doesn't work it just feels like a random collection of people who are banging axes i would say though i do think um that uh, the night slasher as a character um just by himself i do think works uh, works quite well and i do think the actor brian johnson um thompson thompson Thompson, sorry um does a really good job of you know bringing this sort of slasher maniac uh, to it but He's not a cult leader. He's not, you know, you can't see him as part of a cult. You, you can totally see him as sort of a lone nut type thing who thinks yeah. he's serving some greater cause. But that whole cult aspect of it, you know, they could have left that out and it would have worked a whole lot better, I think. Yeah, he basically doesn't have a personality. Yeah. And uh, 
I mean, this yeah. film is definitely style over substance. Um, oh, for sure, it's yeah, it's quite clear. But yeah, I mean, just he's, what I'm he's, looking he's for scary. in the film. I mean, he's <laughs> and it's it's funny because um, uh, originally Stallone thought he was too nice to play the role. But, you know, he, yeah. What, the Night Slasher? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's more order. fucking dangerous than well, Stallone does. He has the yeah. physicality. I mean, you know, when you compare the two together, like later in the film, you know, he's a, he looks like a bigger dude and he looks scarier. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. definitely got that physical sort of intimidation going on. And that wild like You always look in see him eyes. in clothes mm. and stuff. But there's a montage later where he's just got a vest on and he's like cleaning weapons, sharpening a blade, and he's just got a vest on. You suddenly realize the guy's fucking stacked, man. Yeah. He's big. And yeah. this is an 80s film. Why didn't they just take his top off for the whole film? Every other film would have. Just grease him up, take uh, his top probably off. Probably Stallone, Stallone didn't want to be outshined. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's the reason. Yeah, but Stallone <laughs> didn't take his top off either. So. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Um, just, just jumping back a minute, I actually thought um, when you were talking about the, this sort of cult and the extremists and Night Slasher, it feels like they had written a premise mm -hmm. and there was an idea for this cult. And then during the edit, someone realised it just didn't makes sense or it had no value or something because it's almost like the film very quickly pivots towards night stalker mm. and almost or night slasher sorry and becomes aware that like actually this is a better baddie mm. and it, it almost brushes its premise off in the first couple of scenes and it's like okay let's just focus on this guy instead yeah maybe we should preface this this whole discussion with the fact that you know i, I think there was intention there with this cult i think you know they wanted to give everything more of a backstory and you know give everything this kind of you know good level of a uh, you know character arc and whatnot but um the, if you dig into the kind of history of the film you know it's famous for the fact that it you know the initial cut was running at two hours or so it's loosely based on a novel um by paula gosling um but when the film released well when the film was due for release it suffered some very last minute edits and they cut the film down to something like 87 minutes so they cut a huge amount out and stallone was largely kind of um, in charge of that and he cut out most of the um well anything that wasn't him basically yeah and so a lot of that was the villains we we lose a lot of that stuff um and just kind of talking about what bjorn was saying a moment ago where he said you know there was the there's supposed to be this whole scene with one of the um police chiefs uh who would later turn out to be the cult leader if you look in that scene where they're clashing axes he is in the middle leading that still oh, you yeah. can't quite see him um <laughs> But then they obviously cut that later, so none of that makes any sense. Um, and then I think also um, the, the the studio producing the film they cut out a lot of the um, the violence and everything uh, as well. Yeah. Um, they basically wanted to squeeze this film down to a much shorter runtime, so they could squeeze in as many viewings into a day to make it competitive. Mm. And in doing so, I think they cut out everything that made this film uh, have a cohesive villain and a you know and, and a motive for this group. Mm. On that though, what I do actually like about um the night slasher and let's say claw hammer you know the baddies whatever is that um for the type of film it now is it's basically this kind of you know this this film just to make stallone look good mm. i actually quite like that they're just dumb and violent you know the whole job of these baddies are to kill people and in that regard it's actually quite good they they you know we we start with a guy just shooting people in a store. Then we see some people dragging people out of cars and killing them. Yeah. Then Night Stalker's uh, Night Stalker Night Slasher is that is that a character from something else? Night Stalker. Yeah, I've got it stuck in my so. head. Mm -hmm. Then Night Slasher is just going into like a hospital and killing people, which we'll discuss later. So I, I did actually quite like that. Um, they weren't behind the scenes villains. They were just plonked straight into all these scenes to cause 
Mayhem. Mayhem, which I quite liked because it set up the the idea mm. to send Cabretti in and fight people. That supermarket guy you said about. Uh, so again, the film opens and this dude rocks up, and you know he's he's going to be a bad dude because you know he parks in a handicap zone for starters. You know, bad <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> and he walks in, and he's, yeah, he walks into the supermarket. He's looking all shady, like you know, so this bad shit's going to go down. And he whips out this shotgun. And he just starts shooting people shopping, and I'm like, okay. yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, let, let let's let's continue into the scenes. I I I was a bit confused with him as well because like again because this premise has been a little bit confusing. I wasn't sure. You just don't really know who he is. He's just some random guy walking in. But he also had this kind of jaw thing going on. I didn't yeah. know if he was meant to be on drugs or if he was mm. a, just a nutcase or yeah, like, is he in this cult? He's got like this drooping jaw type thing as if, you know, kind of when you can't breathe through, you, when you can't breathe through your nose, like you just kind of you know, breathe through your mouth instead. I thought he'd taken so much amphetamine or MDMA that he just couldn't control yeah. his jaw <laughs> anymore. I don't like, know if there were supposed to be any ties with him to the cult or whether he just serves as an introduction to the character of Cobra. Um no, I mean, because Who he knows? does have this um, claw hammer tattoo on his wrist. You see it sort ah. of as he's rolling up. Um, actually, this this was one of the things that got me confused when I watched it, because when the movie starts, it uh, there's like this montage of scenes that cuts between the... Um, people with the axes on strike, you know, banging their, uh, banging their axes. And then yep. this guy driving on the motorcycle. And uh, I actually thought um, in the beginning that, oh, is this the Cobras arriving there? And because they're, mm. because they're focusing so much on him, and then like later you find out it, you know, it, uh, you know, it really isn't. But um, yeah, that, that, that just confused me uh, a little bit. And I thought it was a I, little bit of a weird thing to focus so much on, yeah. uh, on, um, on that uh, for the beginning. I hadn't seen the film um, before now, so this was a new one for me. Um, mm. But for some reason, I had it in my head that Stallone actually drove a motorcycle uh, in this film. So when you were seeing that motorcycle, I thought, oh, here he comes. And then yeah. this dude, then when he parked in the handicap zone, I was like, hey, he's a cop. He wouldn't do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in this scene as well, um, beyond you know the, the, the plot and the story, I love this as an introduction scene because it comes in like odd and loud and violent and it just sets this tone for where we're going but it's also really fucking stylish man it, like yeah visually and aesthetically yeah. I, i'm fairly blown away by this film those black and red shots yeah cool. yeah and, like, and those really kind of tilted angles, camera angles and stuff. yeah, yeah. um mm. actually, also notice that like he's got um like dry ice you know there's smoke pouring in yeah and, these lights cutting through it it just looks ace man yeah it really does i mean that's actually one of the things that um in general i i would i was quite pleasantly surprised by this because again visually in terms of the cinematography the sound editing the music score as well it you know it really stacks up you know it looks really great and that sort of sense of unease you have by just tilting a camera angle i think they you know they use that to tremendous uh, effect especially in the hospital scene which is one of the ones we're going to be talking about uh, yeah. later just, one just thing though i did notice of... sorry Go on. um and i don't know if it's just me but i had to pause the um, pause the movie at a certain point i'm pretty confident or sure that um in the scene at the store when stallone is blown away the bad guy and there's a close-up of stallone's face with the glasses on these reflective glasses i'm pretty sure you could see the entire film crew reflected in the <laughs> <Yeah>. glasses <laughs> you know what I, I actually thought i was i was thinking about those glasses and they look fucking great they're such a cool like accessory mm. but at the same time putting a mirror on your lead 
actor's face. What a high risk move, yeah, man. They exactly. must have had so much trouble staying out of those. Yeah. And what I wanted to do is just bring a little bit of cohesiveness to sort of the scene in the podcast. And I think a summary of this scene is, you know, the film starts and this this like terrorist of some kind comes into a, a shopping mall. He's off his, it's not even a mall, sorry, it's like a little store. Um, he's out of his mind. He, he just starts shooting at people, you know, blowing customers away and he creates a hostage situation. And outside the police come pouring in and they don't really know what to do. You know, this guy's inside, he's killing people indiscriminately. So they have to call in uh, Cobra, who they're, they're not really happy to bring in because he's part of the zombie squad and they know he's a you know, he maybe works outside the law. But then, you know, this introduction to Cobra, as we said, he's, he's super stylish and he's got all the gear on. But I really liked that when he then goes into the store, there's this real predatory sort of setup. You know, this guy has backed himself behind a deli counter with some hostages and Cobra really stalks his way around, mm. you know, roll in, hide him behind things. Lovely product placement moment yeah, where Pepsi. he's not only a drink and a beer, but also got a Pepsi advert. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I really loved the vibe and that I felt like it has an isolated scene, mm. the, the pace and the style and, and yeah. the feel for this character that they've just given you. It's like, yeah, he's deadly. Yeah. Mm. One of the yeah. things I really liked as well is that um, Stallone was, uh, had some quite good quips Actually, I wasn't expecting that. And this whole yeah. scene actually had my favourite one in the whole film that made me giggle a bit, which was the killer was like, I've got a bomb here, I'll kill her, I'll blow this place up. And he's like, go ahead, I don't shop here. So, <laughs> yeah. that and then just after that, he says, just relax, amigo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, uh, also, like, I do feel that the, sort of the general sort of Stallone quips, they are a bit sort of hit, based like they're the really good ones, and then there are the really bad ones. <laughs> there are some really bad ones in this one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't like, know if I'm, I'm probably skipping way too much ahead, but my favorite bad one, and I'm just going to mention it now, is that towards the end, of course, there's the face-off between Night Slasher uh, and Cobra, and uh, the Night Slasher is saying, like, you know, uh, you know, he's calling him pig and pig and cop pig and all that. And then Stallone's retort to that is um, something like, I got you, sucker. <laughs> yeah. like, great yeah. comeback, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, in the store, something I want to mention as well is I, I like that they set up how dangerous Cobra is that the, the, the terrorist, the, the, the guy who's taking the hostages is like looking towards the store trying to find where Cobra is and he just kicks him through a door behind him. How the fuck <laughs> he got there? Then I blam comes yeah, in, right? Like, does a little bit of quipping to threaten him. But then just before he, Cobra gets shot by the shotgun, he flings a dagger in the guy's heart, pulls out his pistol, shoots him three times, and it's over. And you're like, yeah, and before man. He, before he shoots him, he's like, <laughs> drop it. And then he shoots him anyway. You yeah. know? Like, <laughs> Amazing. But I just thought, yeah, like, you, you know that, like, Stallone has stepped in and he wants to be the coolest dude in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. But I actually thought this film did kind of make him the coolest dude in Hollywood. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Anything else on the store, or should we move on to a, another scene? Uh, he twirls his gun, which is um, at the end he shot the guy. He twirls the, the gun, and, and then he puts it in his pants again. And again, I did another face palm, just thinking, "Oh God, this is ridiculous." Um, but I can totally <laughs> see how it, you know, at the time it would have made him look really cool because apparently back, you know, like back then, like everyone was twirling their guns. You know, just think mm. of RoboCop. But uh, but yeah, I wonder if that's a callback because the he the character is partially based on. John Wayne as well. There's some John mm. Wayne influences. So I wonder if that's come from there, maybe. Probably, yeah. I yeah, as well. I mean, his this... name is actually an homage to John Wayne. 
Mm. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, the Marion. Yeah, it's John Wayne's real name was Marion, yeah. 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 And also made Marion. (laughs) 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 Moving on. Leave that one hanging. (laughs) Moving on. Okay. But yeah, I mean, the hospital scene is, for me, it's like the best scene in the film. Yeah, um, the hospital theme scene is interesting because um, this is where there's a very strong tonal shift in the movie from being this sort of cop action, you know, um, super cop um, ego circus, that is, uh, to we, um, being sort of a, more of a sort of slasher movie, sl- a horror movie uh, type thing, which mm. is an interesting tone. Uh, sorry, a yeah, shift agreed. tone. Does someone want to set up the sort of premise of how we ended up in the hospital? Yeah, so um, uh, as the movie sort of progresses, the Night Slasher is killing uh, left and right. And then on one of their missions, uh, they kill this poor woman in a car. Uh, And then this, um, uh, what is she, Uh, model. Supermodel. uh, Supermodel is driving by and she sees them there. And uh, she gets a very clear view of the Night Slasher um, and then then drives off. Um, Turns out, um, oh, yeah. So then she... So then she drives off. The night slasher and his crew, they manage to track her down as she's doing this uh, photo shoot in this, uh, where's this, this parking, um, this parking area. And um, they come, they attack her. They brutally kill her for, they mm. brutally kill her photographer. Uh, and uh, yet she still Who's managed- trying to sleep with her, by the way. Yes, like he's, he's and like, he's yeah. not even being very sort of, <laughs> no. uh, you know, he's being like, very direct I, about it, saying It's that, not like I want to marry you. No. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, he, like- he, and and he says, clear out. If you don't want to do it for me, then do it for your career. It's like, career, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Could I just jump in there? Yeah. There's probably one of my favorite scenes of this film is incredibly quick. And it's when they kill this guy or another guy in the parking lot. And they, they charge at him flat out in a van. And he's against the wall. And they hit him so hard with the front of the van. He literally goes through the wall and the whole wall comes down. Yeah. And it's just this ridiculous shot where this van hits this guy and just sort of shunts him straight through the parking lot wall. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It is Loved an amazing it. end for a, um, for a poor security guard. <laughs> um, yeah, that shot where they ram the truck into him is incredible. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it really shocking, is. Um, yeah. actually. Um, so, like, Cabretti is, um, you know, he's now protecting this woman, right? Yeah. They're, they're, um, Clawhammer want to keep this face of anonymity, so they're trying to kill her because she now knows what Night Slasher looks yeah. like. Um, yeah, and she's in hospital, and it's it's Cobra's job to protect her. Yeah. Um, right. So they're in hospital. Uh, Cobra goes back to his flat to look at. I don't know what what he's actually doing there. He's looking like at some muck shots, yeah. um, trying yeah, to find looking up uh, something. Yeah, doing yeah, some doing, investigative work. I yeah, guess. eat some try, more pizza. Um, <laughs> try and make uh, sense of that mug shot that someone drew. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know if you noticed. Shot ever. Um, and, and he, he gets a call from has, uh, his partner Gonzalez. Yeah, and, and so he asks him. Yeah, yeah, so his partner Guns, so his partner Gonzalez was supposed to have been there uh, watching her, but then uh, he's called back to the station, and then he calls Cobretti from the station. Cobra figures that oh my god, something's wrong, and then they all hurry back. And then in the meantime, Night Slasher has sneaked into the hospital. He's disguised himself as a cleaner, janitor, a janitor, yeah. Um, yeah. and then he goes on the prowl. Um, and this is where I think the prowl is the right way. Of- yeah. Mm-hmm frame in this because i think like like you you teased before we got into this the the film is like an action film yeah but actually no i think it switches genre depending who we're with 
Whenever we're mm. with Stallone, it's like this slick 80s action film. But whenever we're with Night Slasher, it becomes this dark, sort of neon-drenched thriller, mm. almost like a horror genre mm. piece, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, the so, yeah, so Night Slasher is, you know, he's prowling through this hospital. He somehow... Uh, so he manages to find what floor that uh, this uh, model um, uh, is on. And he, yeah, he basically goes into, uh, he kills a nurse uh, in a quite a gruesome way. Um, he's killed a, he's killed a patient, an old lady, I think. It looks as though he's yeah. bashed yeah. her to death with a mop or something like that. So um, this, this whole scenario is actually one of the biggest casualties of the, the editing process. Apparently a lot of the deaths here were really gory, really gratuitous. Um, uh, yeah, this is. I think we end up with some inconsistencies here as well. So, mm. um, like, there's there's the cop who's talking to the night nurse, um, the one that you just mentioned who gets killed. He just disappears. Um, yeah, but he um. he does actually get murdered in this this you know original version. Um, the old woman. I'm guessing we see what happened to her. Um, yeah, apparently this whole scene was really and the nurse like you don't actually see her her death scene he's he he mm. grabs her foot he's hiding under the bed and he's just grabs her foot slow-mo like of her hand kind of pulling down yeah. the you know what i i think i actually like this edit though yeah because it works. what i did get from it is it gave it a sense of pace and what i really liked was the ease and the speed that this guy mm -hmm. got in the hospital mm. through the hospital took out loads of fucking people and got to her and i think if we'd lingered around on all the kills it would have become like silly gore piece, but actually I thought it made this guy terrifying because yeah. you didn't really need to know what he did. You just need to know that he will kill people if he has to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's just moving through this hospital effortlessly. And if you notice, the way that he moves through the hospital is really slow. It's really deliberate. It's really sort of on purpose, which I think... Um, yeah, kind know, of a Terminator-like. Yeah, you know, which makes yeah. the whole scene generally, and, and I think a large part of this is also down to the, you know, the actual piece of music score that's been used uh, in this scene, is mm. completely uncomfortable and really sort of gets under your, yeah. kind of gets under your skin. And again, we see, you know, there's Night Slashers coming in, Stallone is, uh, sorry, Cobretti is still sitting there like in his flat, he's trying to look through things and, um, you, you know, the tension just keeps on building. Um, and yeah, in many ways. What, what a, I liked about that good scene. Uh, Cobretti scene as well is we were talking about how the genre switches is that um, we're in the hospital with Night Slasher and everything's uh, like lurking in the shadows and there's a lot of like greens and these sort of grotesque colours. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as it jumps back to Cobra, everything becomes sort of pink and neon blue again. And the thugs come out and he's like, he's street fighting people and he's shooting. And the, the shift, the tonal shift is quite dramatic. Mm. But I really liked it. It almost felt to me like turning the pages of a comic book mm. and you've got this green horror sort of Mm -hmm. character and then you turn the page and it's all pink and neon and there's this action character in it yeah maybe it's a bit too sort of at the time maybe it was a bit cheesy and on the nose but i think looking back and understanding these genres more it's like well yeah they're they're obviously piggybacking on other films but mm -hmm. doing it in a really cool way i think it might almost be a comic book film in today's sort of yeah genres if you had to categorize it i think yeah. that's that's a really good way of describing it yeah uh, for sure could have been and uh, so Brian Thompson, who plays the Night Slasher, he he was actually in the Terminator. Uh, he was one of the the punks. That's uh, right. With, uh, yes, Bill Paxton. he was. Yeah. I was trying who, to work uh, out so for another the connection. Whole, the whole film. I said, I, I know this guy. I've seen him in something. And um, it took me a long while to realize, but he was he's in the X Files as well. He is. So. He's the alien mm. bounty hunter. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that's who he is. Yeah. Okay. 
He's been in Buffy, the Vampire Slayer as well. He's done a lot of um, uh, uh, Star Trek as well. He's Again, he's one of those actors you keep on seeing like popping up and you sort of, I know that face. Because it's a, <laughs> yeah. a very distinctive face, but you don't always get the name. Yeah, this film didn't really, you couldn't say that it made his career, but he, he definitely got some roles as like villains after this. For sure. And, uh, yeah, and he even he even got some some payback to Stallone because he made a um, uh, a spoof of of the uh, what's it called the Expendables. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so what's it called? The one where Stallone with all this uh, yes, all the action oh, yeah, yeah, Expendables, yeah, yeah. yeah called the, the like the Extendables or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, just think there's just something quite the sorry film go. scenes. I was going to say on the film scenes. Um, Bjorn a minute ago mentioned uh, the Terminator. But another scene I think we definitely have to mention is uh, Ingrid, um, Bridget Nielsen, yeah. locks herself into a bathroom to escape Night Slasher. And it's almost frame for frame The Shining. The Shining, it's the yeah. Here's Johnny yeah. moment. And Night Slasher puts the knife through the door and it's the same camera angle of her face screaming. And this film is, I think we've mentioned it before with another film, it's like a um, almost a montage of scenes they've loved from other films yeah. just yeah. put together. Yeah. Literally, when you have that shot where um, you go close up over her face, and that kind of as she's against the, the wall, yeah, and the, the knife comes through the door, and I literally thought, "Here's Johnny!" Like, you know, and she starts doing the panic and scream, yeah. and it's like, "Yeah, here's Johnny." I was and trying just... to work out the logistics of that that bathroom she's in because it looked like it was a toilet <laughs> between two rooms, like they share it. So, like, if you could easily just walk in and like next door's on the shitter, like, you know? yeah, that's yeah. pretty pretty bad uh, planning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and. Maybe we should also just take a moment to just talk about the knife because that's sort of almost a yeah. star, um, as um, a star like in itself. So Night Slasher has this very cool-looking trademark knife, which you know mm. looks like it was forged in a nightmare uh, somewhere. Like, you, like it's really sharp. It's got all these angles. It's got like these very pointy studs around the handle and everything. And um, he's using it to great effect uh, as well. Yeah, apparently they, they made a knife uh, especially for this for this movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's called uh, the, the hero knife, which is yeah. quite <laughs> Stallone had ironic. said he wanted a weapon that people would remember forever. It yeah, had yeah, to be yeah. a distinctive weapon yeah. that Works. the killer had. Well, I mean, he had a Rambo, the Rambo knife. Uh, yeah. from from Rambo so um and another bit, bit of trivia they read about the, the knife is that uh they actually had a, like a super sized version of the knife that they used in a shot to get like a uh, they want to get the reflection of the knife so so they had like a really big uh, knife nice. uh, replica. Yeah, this was all covered in this kind of light reflecting surface and stuff like that which I thought like you know you have the actual killer hero knife and then you have this massive big uh like this four footer this, yeah exactly <laughs> like this two-handed sword just to get the light right which i thought was you know they should have given that one for one of the scenes you know like someone out of final fantasy with this huge sword <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. um so after the hospital scene another scene that i know we wanted to talk about was um you know shit's happened um night slash has escaped what is something we haven't mentioned that we probably should just for the sake of the the story is um there's an insider mm. one of the the cops one of the detectives is actually uh one yeah. of claw hammer so she always has insider knowledge knows and, where and her name is her name is uh, lieutenant stock or something <laughs> stock yeah stock. um so um cobra has decided to take ingrid to a safe house which is outside the city but because this cop is an insider, she's given the heads up to the gang that they're going to leave. 
And they, when Cobra picks up Ingrid and they go to drive to the safe house, the thugs have placed themselves all around the city in cars to get the jump on them. And this leads us into what I think is a fairly incredible car chase. Mm-hmm. As, you know, as car chases go in films, this is, a, this is up there. This is, yeah. Yeah, this is quite a destructive one. Um... And we get to see the NOS as well. I'd have been a bit nervous yeah. being Stallone if, you know, he owns that car. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) apparently they had two replicas two stunt cars specifically for this scene probably yeah yeah Yeah. well uh, this scene is is fucking ace it starts and he's he's in his sort of snarling beast of a car with nos and armor all over the awesome 50 (laughs) and one one of the baddies they've turned up in like a a pickup truck with a weird weird little like shed built onto the top if you're gonna get in a, a car chase like do not bring that he bit. brought his tiny home with him. <laughs> brought his tiny yeah. home with him, yeah. <laughs> but I like that this thing is all over the city, man. They're, they, you know, they're, they're screeching around corners and they're knocking things over. At one point, they're going through a parking lot and Cabretti's on a top floor and the, the baddies are on a bottom floor and he jumps out through the window. Yeah. And then they're going over these little bridges and getting loads of air. It's, it's, that it's scenes, ace, man. That scene, so like you've got Cabretti, you know, he's, he's caning it down the highway and he's trying to shoot at... Um, uh, the night slasher in front of him and then he realizes that the shed car is behind him <laughs> so shed he, car. <laughs> he just kind of does that kind of you know handbrake turn and then reverses it. like shoots out the window kills those guys and then just spins it back around and carries on going and it's like that was that was sick <laughs> dude i don't know why that move isn't like one of the all-time great <laughs> car scenes in cinema <laughs> it history. was great it was so yeah. good yeah and the and end when the, just... when the car spins around like perfectly like a <laughs> like a you know it's spin a... and it lands and just after that there's a bit where they're going over all these little like humped bridges and in films you know you get this awesome moment where the cars go over a hump and they get some air and you're like that's ace <laughs> these go over about eight in a row yeah, they were using this, like, I'm sure bum, they were using bum, the same bum. shot actually like twice <laughs> and, oh, the really, the and the really funny thing about that <laughs> is that the cars take turn in sort of getting air so it kind of looks like doing 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 yeah. which is just looks amazing um and yeah it's all slow as they're sort of coming over and at one point cabretti's car is you know it takes down a um what is an electric wire that's running across the road because he's sort of the angle is a little bit off and everything like that and it's yeah. just yeah it's just brilliant so this what, what i noticed uh, sorry a continuing theme in this film they actually do it in all the big scenes almost every time there's like a set piece the hunter becomes the hunted yes. every time. And this one, like he is being hunted by three or four cars halfway through the scene. He is now the hunter hunting them. There's this, which I loved. There's like three or four cars full of guys with guns and he doesn't give a shit. He's got his woman in the side and he just starts <laughs> <laughs> chasing on, pumping the nose, yeah, cranking up. Like his dials are on 11 as this car's fucking snarling up behind him. <laughs> I think well, he then, activates the nitro at some, um, at some point, right? You know, he's got this you know, yeah. awesome looking gear stick and he pulls it an extra whatever he does and, you know, the nitro kicks in, he flicks the button. Yeah, the nitro. Yeah. This car just I'm like going to go really fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it just comes like thundering down the road and yeah. Yeah, you, you definitely notice that the kill count, uh, you know, is quite high in this film. And, uh, I have one. This. Uh, yeah? Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is Dan's it? kill count? What you got? Shall I wrap it up at the end? We... Okay, let's yeah, do that. Let's do that. <laughs> but but until like before this movie, like he had done, you know, Rambo and and Rocky and Rambo is like just one. He just hmm. kills one in that. But in Rambo two, he kills like you know he forty kills a people. Whole army base, yeah. <laughs> and Russians yeah. and you know yeah and Viet Congs and communists and everything. Um, I 
Just one thing I do want to point out, and you can disagree uh, if you want, but uh, and you probably will. Um, so the car chase here, as cool as it looks, it also feels completely tacked on because it doesn't do anything to kind of move the plot in any way or um, or anything like that. Because um, the you know the car chase ends with unfortunately Cabretti and his car being trashed. Uh, they try to i don't know they jump through a boat somehow they manage to jump through a boat and go spinning around yeah. and um then they go back to the police station and cobra saying it's still better to get her out of the city and then they get some new cars and off they drive off so this whole car chase just feels a little bit you know tacked on and not really serving any purpose like other like other than well they're still chasing her but you know surely they could have just followed and you know, struck outside the city. So, so that was yeah. one of the things that annoyed me a little bit about this scene is that it just feels tacked on. It's just like we need a car yeah, chase. Okay. Uh, put it in style there. over substance, man. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. The, yeah. Completely. Well, look, when we, when we started this podcast, you know, we always have a little bit of not necessarily a script, but a sort of backbone of what we're going to talk about. <clears throat> and uh, for this one, I I'd suggested the four scenes we should talk about. And the reason I actually chose those four scenes is because, exactly like you're saying i don't really think this film has a backbone it is just four really good scenes with something that strings them together mm. you've got like the store the hospital the chase and the showdown mm. and in between that there's just some kind of thread that like jumps you from one set piece to the other and yeah. the, the car chase just happens to be one yeah. of the four elements one of the as scenes. we mentioned mm. earlier though, i mean the film was heavily edited so i don't think it's a case of them being tacked on i think it's more a case of something's lost its meaning because the things surrounding it were stripped Mm. So, mm, you know, any, yeah. everything leading up to those moments, as Leon rightly says, you know, the scene, the, the whole film is, is four scenes with a bunch of stuff in the middle. And all mm. of that stuff is supposed to give the exposition and lead into all of these scenes. And they're all gone. So yeah. it's <laughs> just all, imagine making a film like everything important is just all gone. All we're left with is the car chasing and the shooting. <laughs> and that's basically what Cobra is. <laughs> the, yeah. the car chase is actually just... Um, Going back to that quickly as well, that's something I, I, I saw. Um, so the car chase actually in the original cut ended with the Night Slasher crashing into the back of the boat and then Cabretti slamming into him and the car flipping. But they actually cut the, the Night Slasher's crash out of it when they made the edits. So they just decided, oh, we'll just have Cabretti slam into the boat and leave it at that. But if you watch the, the actual scene where Cabretti hits the boat, the the um, the night slasher's car is actually still smashed into the boat. He actually flips <laughs> off of his oh, car shit. and goes upside down. Even though actually in the edit he didn't crash. So. Interesting. Mm. I, I liked that there was a classic action hero moment as well that they've he's smashed into the boat and they flip the car. You know, there's there's carnage and fire. Yeah. And then he just gets out and he's got a little bit of a bloody nose. And I was like, yeah, yeah, badass. <laughs> Um, I actually felt a few times in this and I, I didn't think it at first it wasn't until last night I almost felt like this film is a little bit of a blueprint for John Wick and <laughs> yeah. I know comparing those two is odd because yeah. John Wick's on another scale but there is something quite there's like a drum you know, or just something this there just non-stop you know. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah probably yeah, he, he never gets hit or like you know he's, he's very efficient with his, uh, with his killing yeah. Yeah. yeah and relentless I think relentless, it's just yeah. relentless I think this goes back to what you were saying Leon about you know how the, the whole film has this whole theme of you know the hunters becoming the hunted like they obviously just want this girl but this dude's kind of in the way and actually you know we've seen his prowess straight away at the start in the store you know he, this guy is a predator himself and they're like fuck like this guy is actually causing a real problem yeah yeah, um, um, I, I mean, so, I think there's just one thing about the car chase as well, but but sort of 
based on on what you just said, uh, I think that's probably why they did it. Because one of the things, the problems I had with, with this car chase is also, here's, you know, an officer of the law, Marion Cabretti, with a very high-profile witness in a car being chased by armed gunmen. Surely protocol would dictate that, you know, instead of, uh, you know, um, getting his own guns out and starting to shoot back, that he would try to, you know, escape as best as possible to protect the life of this uh, high you know, this high profile witness. But again, this being Cobra, you know, he has to, you know, you know, just joins in. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just turn the tables or turn the car, Um, uh, literally. As he says, this is where the law stops and I start. He is fuck the law, man. Um, Should we move on to the, I mean, there's nothing in between really. Well, there's there's a ketchup scene. There's a ketchup. Oh yeah. yeah, We have to talk about the ketchup. So they've got to their destination. We'll, we'll jump through. Cobra and Ingrid stop at a kind of like a roadside motel to stay the night. This leads onto a, a large like showdown, which then leads us into the end scene. So let's sort of summarize this entire thing as one big showdown. Who, who wants to start or where should we start? Should we start in the motel? I think yeah, no. I yeah. think we need we need to start in the restaurant with the ketchup, ketchup. and with and the drowning <laughs> French fries because I have never seen ever seen so much ketchup being poured onto such a small amount of fries anywhere, yeah. and then someone be able to actually eat the yeah, shit. Exactly. There's like this. Sorry. There is want, like this. Want some fries with your ketchup? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. There's there's about four or five, maybe even six consecutive shots where she's just like got this ketchup bottle. She's just like giving it like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good thirty seconds of squirting ketchup onto her. Yeah, exactly. I'm telling you, like everyone has some kind of eating disorder in this film. Really do, I really do. Um, I think there's also mm. a little bit of uh, quite weak flirting from Co Brady because mm. yes, he calls out um, uh, what's her name, uh, Ingrid, so they're squirting Ingrid. Um, her, you know, French fries with ketchup, and then there's also this massive big uh, burger thing they used to you know ad- to advertise for their amazing burgers, and then he kind of does this feeble attempt of being funny and showing her, hey, hey, you want a burger with your fries? And, you know, sort of like, <laughs> funny. Run. Yeah, exactly. And it's just so I love weak, as well. you know. It's just, On the flirting, um, when they get back to the motel just after this, he, he's once again sort of trying to flirt. But have you noticed, whenever he's on chill time, all he's doing is cleaning weapons. <laughs> <laughs> he's at the table, right? So he's chilling and he's cleaning his weapons well, and like, getting hands, his grenades you know? out. And yeah. he's saying to her, Oh, oh, why don't you get some sleep? Yeah. It's like, how the fuck is she going to sleep? With all that like, clicking an army and banging of people and trying to kill her and you're cleaning the... grenades on the table. Yeah. One of the things that cracked me up is she's like, you know, obviously this leads into a, a love scene. You know, there's a whole kind of romance with them. You know, and it's, oh, she wants him. It's He's still the a, man. Exactly. This is what made me laugh. She's like, come over here. Come onto the bed with me. You know, let's have a chat and all this stuff. He's like, I think I'm going to check the window. It's <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> But he was fucking right to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So this is the setup. Yeah. So I mean, this is the setup, right? Because the the sergeant uh, stock is also staying with them. Yes. And, yeah. You know. And he's making a lot of weird phone calls that Cabrera is yeah. noticing. You know. Um, yeah. Which leads us into, and we don't have to go into detail, but every good '80s action film has to have it. We get the fucking montage. <laughs> the music starts playing. Um, you see that like the gang banging their axes together and getting their bikes ready, and Cabretti's cleaning his guns, and it's like yeah, Put, montage. Putting time. on his laser sights as well. This is very important. Yep. This is an eighties mm. action movie. All 
all the cool guns they needed to have laser sights. <laughs> I like yes, that you pulled out. I've got that in caps right in front of me. Laser sights. Laser sights, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you pulled out grenades as well. It's like, in what scenario are you expecting to use grenades in this? Like <laughs> This yeah. one, dude. This one. Because <laughs> shit hits the fucking fan. Exactly. Yeah. Where did he get them? That's not police issue, surely. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to big up this scene because I actually think when we talk about 80s action scenes, this shit goes off man <laughs> this gang arrives yeah. at this little town they like take the local sheriff and you know you see all the people shit themselves and go into their houses and all fucking hell breaks loose we've got like guns and snipers and firefighting and explosions <laughs> like everything you want in an action scene this, this is it this right felt now. like commando a little bit to me like yeah. it, it kind of built up to this massive crescendo of just all out like you know warfare it was cool did you notice also that i think um so Cabretti and Ingrid are holed up inside their hotel room, motel room, and you have these bikers all kind of driving around and shooting at them. And then Cobra takes out his gun and with one shot each, he kills, I don't know, like 10, 15 bad guys. Uh, yeah. You know, he's like, wow, <laughs> so, marksmanship. Yeah, he's got great marksmanship. <laughs> but then when he uses the grenades, he only ever uses them to kill one person, yeah. not like a group, one person. One person, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I think he's a fucking badass, man. He's rolling around, dodging bullets. He's shooting through windows. She picks him up in a pickup truck. They make an escape and he stands in the back with a fucking Uzi. Yeah. Just mowing down bikers, man. It's cool. Um, once again, we've said it before. Shout out to the stuntmen. One yeah. goes under a truck. One goes flipping off a bike. Yeah. One goes up in a ball of fire. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. There's some serious stunt work going on in, the, in, this, in this scene for sure. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. And then, and then we end up where it seems every 80s action, uh, action movie they end up in an industrial complex yep. a foundry or yeah. whatever it is like those... did anyone think this bit was a bit like alien hey! <laughs> 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 gotta get one alien reference into every episode alien reference. Alien. <laughs> score <laughs> yeah but it's um, got all those, um, those backlit smoky pipes and you know everything yeah, yeah it great. was actually really terminator did anyone think it was just like terminator it really no was yeah. it really terminator was. Oh. Co commando commando yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Commando. I, mean, um, I want to point out as well that they were in they were being chased by all these thugs they made their way through a field came into this this like um sort of furnace warehouse mm. and once again that was where the hunters became the hunted. Yeah. During that transition from the chase into here, all the people who were chasing them, he is now stalking all of them. And mm. I, I was like, he yeah, basically nice becomes, and I do mean this sort of, you know, quite seriously, he becomes the predator. You know, he is in the shadows. You For know, sure. he is above them. You know, he can see them, but they can't see him. And, you know, he's laying down traps for them and everything. Um, actually, this is the one of the. I think the only point where he uses a grenade to take out more than one bad guy. Um, he kind of hides this grenade uh, on this machinery. There's this two or three bad guys that are sort of sneaking through, and then he's up in the shadows. He's laser sighting this grenade, and he shoots, and the grenade goes off and takes these three or four bad guys with him. So, you know, yeah. he can actually kill more than one person with... Uh, with, <laughs> with uh, the gnarliest kill here. He's walking across this, like this balcony you know there's embers and there's furnaces and there's shit everywhere they're in this factory and he's walking across this balcony and there's a guy below him and he accidentally makes a noise and this guy looks up and shoots him yeah but he accidentally shoots a petrol barrel which yeah. pours all over the guy at the bottom oh it hits it in his face and he gets yeah, in, in his eyes a cucumber yeah. gets a match out lights it on his belt because he's a fucking badass yeah flicks it down and this stuntman like yeah. did he survive like he just goes up in a fucking ball of petrol <laughs> down. And, and he says, you have the right to remain silent. <laughs> yeah, <Boom. it> yeah. 
The thing that made me laugh about kind that. Kind of hard it, to it, it remain was... silent when you're uh, fucking burning. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that made me laugh about that, though, was the guy, you know, it was an awesome kill. It was really good. Um, but, well, I'm not being burned to death, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but really the, good as a spectator. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that. You know, you shot and missed and hit the barrel. Was the sniper, and it's like he's, he's supposed to be a marksman. Like, yeah, but that's from a distance, dude. Yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> but then also, the... is no one going to question that there is a barrel of petrol standing on top of this, you know, rickety platform <laughs> in an industrial? Yeah, it seems like complex. a safety hazard. Yeah, yeah. dude, it's yeah. that fireball running man scenario all over again. <laughs> Wherever there's fire, keep barrels of petrol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was let's, this... let's keep an eye on that for other 80s films. Yeah. <laughs> there was yeah. this other moment that kind of made me laugh as well. There was a moment where like, you've got this kind of corridor of all these pipes and all this stuff, and he's tucked in with his gun, and this guy's creeping down towards him, and he just casually flips this wheel, and this jet of flame comes out and kills that guy. And it's like, wow, it's a, it's a good job Cobra knew how to work that, uh, you know, that factory, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. How did he know he wasn't going to tear that wheel? It was going to set him on fire. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this this is not the kind of movie where you want to ask too many questions. Just, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. you go you go with it. They Maybe. must have um, edited so the, out the bit where he was learning about how the factory works. He read the he read the he read the manual. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Fucking> commando. <laughs> this leads us on to like the the showdown. Oh yes, um, night slashes in the factory. Uh, we can skip the others. Everyone's been fucking killed. Night slashes in the factory, and Cobra's in the factory, and they have to have the classic 80s face-off right you can't have the film without it no um and i mean what do we think it's the showdown you know they, they've all got one how, how does this one stack up um so um as we mentioned earlier uh, you know i think at this point when you finally see brian thompson and stallone kind of together you suddenly realize how opposing brian thompson is like we talked about earlier he's he's a big dude mm. and i actually watching mm. them have this fight i actually thought Fuck, like he's actually a pretty you know, is Stallone actually outgunned on this? He's actually a big dude, and well, he's Stallone, got the jump yeah. on him for quite a while. Yeah, Stallone is not that big. I mean, he's he's, he's very he's muscular, but like he's you know. I don't think fairly... he even looked that muscular in this. I mean, I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure he was, but. Oh yeah, there's yeah. a bit later where he's got this like tight top on, and the guy's like a fucking upside down it's, triangle. It's, be, it's before the steroids <laughs> got really good in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a really cool bit in this where before they have the showdown, they give Night Slasher that moment to do his his you know terrifying talk the mm. there's lots yeah. of close-ups and shadows yeah the monologue um i heard that uh there was a basketball game on and stallone couldn't be fucked to turn off this scene because he was watching basketball so actually night slasher performs that entire monologue in front of the script girl <laughs> and they just had to get the camera so she wasn't in shot yeah again i think poor brian what an Thompson, asshole. you know yeah you know he's really trying <laughs> yeah. his best here man and they just keep up fucking him over it's a great speech though yeah he yeah. kills it man it's, it's terrifying i've it never heard scary. the use of the word pig so many times in just those few seconds that's a uh, speech yeah goes. he says pig like 10 times yeah, yeah. yeah. but he does it with such a delicious pig. sneer yeah and if you notice how he you know how he's spitting like every time he says pig. yeah yeah one one of the scenes you can actually see the spit flying when he says it yeah yeah pig exactly <laughs> what i really liked about this film was um I actually felt it was a bit like a sort of Judge Dredd film. Mm. And I know that Stallone ended up being Judge Dredd, but this whole film, he is kind of an unstoppable Dredd. Mm. Yeah. And there's this bit where uh, Night Slasher says, you won't do it, pig. You won't shoot me. Murder is against the law. And it, 
all of me inside was like, just say I am the law, please. Just say it. Well, he says, this is where the law ends and I yeah. start. Except he's just killed Sucker. all of your other cult friends. Why is he yeah. going to stop at you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's another scene when, when uh, they're in the car with, with, uh, with Ingrid and she's like, you know, why does this keep happening? You know, it's sickening. And he's like, you know, you should ask the judge. Hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of some foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, I, we, we keep putting them in and they keep putting them out, kind of. Yeah, some kind of um, uh, social, you know, commentary kind of going on there, which I think falls a bit flat, to be honest. But uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to mention on this end scene, it's, um, it is massively cliche. You know, it rips off Terminator. There's, you know what's going to happen. There's furnaces, there's molten love. You know how the fight's going to go. But what makes it a little bit unique is once again, the cinematography Mm -hmm. is really, really, really good throughout this whole scene. Lots of amazing close-ups and like Night Slash is sort of stood in the shadows doing his monologue and you just see Cabretti's eyes in the shadows. Mm -hmm. And Again, lots of low sort of Dutch angles and stuff. Mm. I think without that, it would be a lot worse than it is. But because it's so stylish all the time, it's like, yeah. Say what you want about the film, it is a looker. It is. Mm, oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. I would say, though, yeah. about the final demise of Night Slasher. So, yeah, so they go at it, and there's, you know, there's a lot of you're sort of trying to, you know, get the, the test hand, of strength. Test of strength. And, you know, Night Slasher is trying to jam the knife into Cobra, and Cobra flips it around. And then I'm not sure what happens with the knife, you know, goes flying off or something. And then, um, and then they're in this industrial complex. And again, I don't know how of, you know, foundry works, but they have these massive big hooks that are sort of coming through the arena. The carrying girders, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, they're taking them into sort of be, you know, uh, melted or burned into like this massive big furnace. And what Stallone does is he beats the crap out of Night Slasher and then he literally hooks him on one of these uh, hooks and just lets him sort of sail through this room as he is, and Night Slasher is absolutely screaming in pain. All the fucking way. All the fucking way in. (laughs) And he's dangling like on this. And I got to say, that whole scene makes me quite queasy because I actually feel quite bad for Night Slasher. You know, it's like, I love a good send off for the bad guy. And, um, but this was actually quite uncomfortable, I think. Um, It was brutal. It's probably one of the most brutal kind of villain kills we've seen. Yeah. In these films. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know, somehow it felt a little too excessive. Um, yeah, or too easy, know. kind of. I don't know. Or too like, easy, you know, maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just the way that he is screaming, absolutely screaming in pain. I was down with it, man. Yeah, no, I, I fucking <laughs> loved it, honestly. <laughs> I found that quite <laughs> when, it, when he was making his way to the furnace, then all these like blow torches come on and it lights him and you're like, yeah, boy. <laughs> and there is, a, there is a one point where Night Slasher stops his screaming and starts to, you know, he kind of shields his eyes and he sees this flame kind of coming and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's brutal, man. Just brutal. Yeah. So the... The, the scene sort of wraps up, you know, he saved the day, he gets the girl. And the last thing I think we should probably point out is that he gets outside and the detectives are there, you know. Always late. And they're like, we never really, you know, we, we think you're a bit of a dickhead, but you got the job done. Mm. And um, no hard feelings, pal. And Cobra gives him this fucking banging punch in the face, but keeps hold of him <laughs> to keep yeah. him stood up. He's like, no hard feelings, pal. <laughs> um, it's also yeah, like, you yeah, know, I mean, that's a little bit too... That was, top. Yeah. that was supposed to be the point where then the chief is like surprise I, I'm the cult leader and then yeah. this whole thing yeah. but yeah they 
they didn't do that luckily she got an unceremonious like killing <laughs> long ago yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah look that kind of wraps the film off we got anything interesting to talk about the the sort of maybe the making of or the behind the scenes or yeah but i mean like so you know yeah so stallone was was dating or you know they had, had just ma- married uh, bridget nielsen uh, so they were on the kind of their honeymoon <laughs> during this and uh, and at one point like uh, Stone was complaining that uh, it was taking too long uh, the, the the shooting and then one of the producers something said well if you stop trying you know grabbing her ass all the time you know it will it will <laughs> it, would, it go would go faster <laughs> and apparently after that Stallone did kind of you know, mellow down a little bit. Behave himself. Yeah. Behave. I, almost... I mean, he was like super diva, like at this, you know, he had his own entourage and no one could talk to him um, during the shooting. And like, he was like, because he had just done like Rocky Four and like, uh, yeah. yeah, what else had he done before? But yeah, he was. I mean, the top, more yeah. we read about him or like the more films we look at, it seems like he was actually a little bit of a bastard continually to work with, always trying to rewrite things. Mm. I mean, this film comes about because they actually wanted him to do uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But he thought that it was too sort of comedic and silly and he, he wouldn't be that kind of cop. So he tried rewriting <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop and they basically said, fuck off, mate. But then what he had rewritten for Beverly Hills Cop got Became translated Cobra. into Cobra. And it was yeah. basically like a an ego script for him. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, Stallone has also said that like, um, well, so, so they actually, so they got married and then they, but they ended up getting a divorce like the next year. Mm. And, uh, and mm. that kind of put him off the franchise. Like he, he was planning to make it into a franchise, like, you know, like Rocky and, and like I, Rambo. I really and didn't apparently, like... um, Robert Rod- Rodriguez is currently, they're considering doing like a remake as mm. a, as a TV series. Do you know what? Yeah. Rodrigo is, is the exact correct director to take that franchise. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. just the over-the-top, silly, you know, yeah. If he works yeah. his grindhouse, kind of chops into yeah, it as well. That's yeah, that's how it has sure. to be. Yeah. Um, but um, I really didn't like her as a character. I almost felt like she, mm. her character was so tropey. She was the mm. typical damsel in distress, and she, I don't think yeah. she did anything to really kind of help drive the plot. And I almost feel like the fact that she was in the film was almost Stallone sort of saying, hey, look at my hot wife. I'm just going to flirt with my yeah. hot wife in this if film. If you compare and... with uh, Ray Don Chong in, in, uh, in Commando, yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah, you can, it, yeah. it's definitely the old I mean, old you style. can tell he, yeah. he was right in this. Oh, yeah. Shit, you know, <laughs> yeah. everything in that film is only there to serve him. Yeah. Mm. Apparently, so I think um, it was you, Dan, who mentioned that this book, uh, sorry, uh, Cobra is based on a book called Fair Game by, Mm. I think her name is Paula Gosling. Um, And as they were preparing this movie and part of the promotion, what Stallone wanted was that he wanted the book that that this was based on to be reprinted with him as the only writer. So her just (laughs) being bought off and, you know, get a ghostwriter credit or something like that. Um, And, you know, uh, respect to Paula Gosling for saying that, no, I'm not interested in doing that. Yeah. 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 Talk about humor. Yeah, like, fuck off. Yeah, fuck off. It's my book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you ruined it for your fucking film and now you want your name on my Book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, think you know, he he had Rambo before, and Rocky is like, you know, he he knows how to write a script, but but this time it was well, he knows of... how to, he knows how to write a script that centers around him, really. Yeah, yeah how to uh, bastardize someone else's script. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't think his sort of script writing skills are that impressive, really. I mean, I think he sort of, you know, 
Um, I mean, he won like he, like he was nominated, but did he win an Oscar for for his Rocky? Script? I think he won for for Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so obviously that kind of you know just spurred his ego on saying hey hey i could write scripts um and it's like mm. well yeah rocky was hey, good. i can write scripts yes <laughs> um but uh yeah you know you did good on rocky but you know just tone the ego down a little bit man mm. you know? um, well yeah. this is also the time where he and arnold had their com- macho competition right yeah. so maybe there was some kind of one-upping yeah. each other and kind of who yeah. can be the coolest uh, lead action star in hollywood but, but I, I think, think respect to, to schwarzenegger is that he never seems to be the one sort of mm. you know ego sort of trying to get the whole yeah. thing to be around him uh right no he didn't need to be yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything was around him everything yeah, exactly. was written everything around was, him yeah. um yeah. yeah i think he um also wrote and directed saturday night fever um what stallone yeah Huh. I'm surprised John Travolta ended up in it and not Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine Stallone doing the doing the disco? Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes, I very mean, much. I really want to see that. Right. Yeah. Um, have we got any other good sort of uh, trivia, or should we move on to our scores? Uh, I th- um, I've got a uh, I've got a killer one here. So um, as we talked Hype. about last time, uh, the um, you know Danes have a way with giving titles to movies uh right so um i think we mentioned last time that the danish title for die hard 3 uh die hard with a vengeance as it is in the uk is die hard mega hard the uh the danish title for cobra here was cobra strong arm of the law nice <laughs> that's exactly what he that's is exactly what he strong is. snake of the law strong snake <laughs> of the law yeah. <laughs> so yeah Okay, let's roll on to the scores. You know, let's wrap this one up. Who would like to go first? Who would like to give a summary of what we saw and how you feel about it? I'll so, drop in. I'll yeah, go on. Go. So I'll just start off with my, before I go into my score. Um, I also took a kill count on this one. Um, and oh, actually this count. was one of the easier ones to count along with. So I counted 52 on this one. Um, and I did double check the numbers afterwards and it was bang on. So yay me. Is that, including, uh, is that, is that just Cobreri or is that like the nice slasher combined? Uh, that's combined. Uh, when I did okay. do the checkup online, it said that he's actually responsible for about 41 of those kills. Mm, so he does kill most of them. Yes. So yeah, maybe he'll be yeah. strong arming himself next time. That law breaking <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, with the film itself, I, I, I think it suffered a lot it, from those edits. It does feel incoherent and it does feel like it's a vehicle for Stallone. So I think in that sense, I would probably maybe only give it a five. Oof. But it is also, I also agree with what Jesper mentioned earlier. It is the most 80s of the films we've watched so far. Yeah. Um, and I also did really, really like the cinematography of it. You know, a lot of the, the you know, kind of contrasted neons and whites uh, and everything. It, it, I think if we were to judge it based on, you know, its 80s aesthetic and the, the guns and the action and stuff, it would score higher in that department. But as an overall package, I'd probably go for a five. I think, uh, yeah, let's... <laughs> we're having some technical uh, yeah, difficulties. Yeah, technical issues here. Uh, we'll cut this away. But, uh, Dan what... turned into a robot from here. <laughs> yeah. what, what was your score, Dan? Oh, <laughs> did, did I drop out? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh, man. I gave this all great monologue and everything. Yeah, five, you probably you said the five, best yeah. thing you've ever said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, it was a five. Oh, no, we did get your score. Yeah, yeah. I'll, go, I'll go next. Oh, so he gave it a five. So I'll probably give this one uh, a six. Um, 
I liked it. I enjoyed it. But one weird thing is like I started watching this thinking it was the first time I watched it and then realizing (laughs) I had actually (laughs) seen it before again. Yeah, it happened again. It's like Home Alone. Um, Is Die Hard the only film this didn't happen on? No, 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 no. Uh, I hadn't seen Commando and uh, Predator I had seen. Die Hard I definitely had seen. And this one, yeah, I had also seen. Uh, But I guess because the plot is so thin like i have forgotten all about the plot and i only remembered some of the scenes and then the, yeah like when i watched it again and i remember making fun of all the product placement for pepsi in it <laughs> um, and you know for that reason i would give it a six but i do i i enjoyed it as an action flick and it, you know it was like super stylish and uh you know night slasher is is a really cool villain i think um so yeah i mean especially because it's short you know it's 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 rewatchable i'll probably you know, if it was on TV, I'll probably watch it. Mm. Um, so yeah, six, strong six. Nice. Yes, but yeah, for me, pretty much everything that Dan said, uh, it's a five from me uh, as well. I think there is a lot of uh, stuff that happened around the production, especially the editing, that made the final film uh, a lot less than what it could have been. To me, this is very much a um, ego trip for Stallone um and I mean kudos to the guy you know he knows how to make himself look and sound cool uh, well most of the time um but again I also do like um the I do like it for its pure 80s-ness um and again to my surprise the actual craftsmanship ship of it in terms of the you know the camera the cinematography the score the um, to some point the editing uh, as well i think were really good and a lot better than i initially uh, remember them um very much a style over substance um would i watch it if it came on tv say you know tomorrow yes i probably would but i would be doing other stuff in the meantime uh, i think mm-hmm. yeah nice so i think for me i um you know, we've watched films like Predator and Die Hard and stuff, and they're, they're great films. But I think, for me, the issue with those type of films, and I will get to Cobra, is that because they're trying to be good films, good films are made all the time. Like, I can watch good films now, I can watch... There are a million good films. But what I can't see now, what isn't made now, is an 80s film. And Cobra is an 80s film, and this is what I wanted to try and find on this podcast. You know, I wanted to find films that that aren't necessarily good, but they're sort of genre and 80s and, you know, they've got this sort of sexiness and this symphiness. And um, I'm giving this a 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. This film, I can switch my brain off. I can soak it up. It's got all the action, all the guns. It's dumb as fuck. It's loud. It's in your face. It's For me, if you say 80s action film, this is what I want to watch. Mm-hmm. And for this podcast, I watched this film about four times, and I will happily go and watch Cobra again tonight, right? <laughs> um, yeah, this is fucking banging, this film. Like, I know it's thick, I know it's got no plot, but it's almost like, if you want that type of thing, it's got everything. It's just got four scenes, they're all fucking sick, you don't have to think about anything, and Cobra's a badass. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Yeah, I Put my flag in the ground, loved it. <laughs> Yeah, something it, I would, it depends on the scale. Yeah. So, something I would kind of say is, um, I don't, maybe to our listeners, um, if any of anyone has actually happened to see the unedited version, it is extremely 
rare, but it is out there. Uh, if any of our listeners have seen it, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts and see how it compares to just the, the standard version that we've all watched and see if it is a more cohesive package. Absolutely. And try and share it with us. Yes, yeah. that would be awesome. Because <laughs> I'd love to see it. <laughs> Bootleg, yeah. Yeah, um, should we talk about what we're going to watch next? I think we have uh, we have decided uh, yeah, that go we're going it. to... We, next, we're going to change gears a bit and go into the more, uh, uh, you know, martial arts... Uh, genre of 80s action films with uh bloodsport yes Yay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> this i haven't been seen forward in to this absolute one. years and i'm so looking forward to it because it was one of yeah, my favorite movies uh, i haven't seen up. this yeah. oh, i've actually nice, noticed nice, this on yeah. netflix it's just yeah. appeared on netflix oh, so. yeah. has it nice. oh that's wicked yeah. yeah i watched kickboxer the other day and 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 it's just great i mean <laughs> it's so ridiculous and I mean, John claude Van Damme, like, you know, he's, he's just... Um, what a character. What a character, yeah. Like, just... Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to Bloodsport as well, because, you know, it's been a while, as, as Jesper said. Uh, this is one you watch as a, as a kid, most kids, and then, and then you, you know, try to kick your mate uh, afterwards, <laughs> you know? <laughs> very so, true, uh, very true. Yeah. I assume you'll be Bjorn Sport for our next podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, nice. Bjorn, do you want to do our... our classy market in seo and let let people know where to come and find us yeah so we're you know we're on twitter at uh, tl underscore action heroes uh we're on instagram at the last action heroes podcast and if you happen to listen to us on apple podcast we would uh, very much appreciate a rating and a review uh once again five star just one. fucking do it for us yeah, yeah? yeah. please <laughs> please no please just fucking do it <laughs> and uh yeah i mean that's that's pretty much a bit it uh, currently but you know we're uh, we're looking for any other sponsorship opportunities uh, if anyone <laughs> wants to sponsor us in any way <laughs> just relax amigo yeah. <laughs> okay let's yeah. wrap it up yeah. good start first podcast start for, of the new year yeah let's do there one month and the uh, bar is set for sure I'm, I'm kind of hoping by the end of this year we're up there with the Joe Rogan podcast I'm somewhere around there. <laughs> that is the goal. Yes, yeah. for sure. That's the goal, yeah. Millions if and millions of listeners. If we don't make it, I listeners. will eat one of my hats next Christmas. <laughs> with a lot of ketchup. With a thousand hats. Live on the podcast. Yeah, with a live lot of ketchup with on ketchup. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, right, All right. Take care, everyone. See you later. Take care. Suckers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>